Welcome to the Kumbaya Podcast, the whole woman's resource, where we uncover the amazing resources available to help you on your holistic health journey and hopefully help you prevent issues before they arise. Hi, welcome back to the Kumbaya Podcast, the whole woman's resource. I am so excited to have you here with me. I want to have a short little episode today that will answer a question that I get often. Now, just the way that the question is worded, um, really you can see that there's some expectation there. So the question is, how much pain is normal to have when you're having sex? Okay. So right there, the way the question is worded says that there is some expectation that sex is going to be painful, at least for a little bit. Now, some sources say and cite like 75% of women at some point in their life will have pain with sex. Now, in my clinical practice, this is what we work with a lot. So, of course, my vantage point is a little skewed because I would say that's probably even underreported that more people experience sex than 75%, but still, that's that's a really big number. Even though it's common and 75% of people, of women, is, is a high number, that doesn't mean it's normal. So if you have ever worried or wondered how much pain with sex is normal, I'm going to tell you no pain with sex is normal. Sex should not hurt. It should not hurt the first time you have sex. It should not hurt after you have a baby. It should not hurt with initial penetration or with deeper penetration. And it shouldn't hurt the longer sex goes on or sex lasts. Okay, so if someone has told you these things, which I think a lot of us have heard at least one of these things, like, oh, you haven't had sex before, well, that's gonna hurt the first time. So if you have been told that, or you have not been given any information about what to expect, then I am here to say sex should not hurt. Now, why does this happen? There are a lot of reasons. And to keep this episode short, I'm not gonna go into all of them today, But I just kind of want to touch on the big picture things, right? Okay. So first thing that's important to understand is that you can have pain with sex if you have an active infection. So what is that? That is a urinary tract infection, a yeast infection, bacterial vaginosis. Um, If you have a sexually transmitted disease or an STD. Um, And then, so those things you want to have cleared. If you are having pain with sex, you want to at least touch base with your doctor and make sure that there is no active infection because then you really may want to have some medical intervention, whether it's um, you know medication or some course of action to help clear up that infection. All right, so you want to have an active infection ruled out. Then another thing that can cause painful sex kind of in this medical category are conditions such as like endometriosis or interstitial cystitis. If you have these, pain with sex, again, is common. So you want to have that ruled out. You want to be seeking help with those conditions, right? Now, next category beyond having this medical kind of reason for pain with sex 
would be physical reasons. And that's a, that's a huge one. And just know that there are people who can help you with that specifically. And those are pelvic physical therapists. So I will put um, some resources in the show notes where you can look up and where you can find a pelvic physical therapist near you. So definitely look for those resources. They're um, they're really excellent to help if you are having pain with intercourse at any time. The one thing that I wanna talk about now is getting more into this emotional, mental kind of reason for pain with sex. And again, there are some really great practitioners that can help you with this. So pelvic physical therapists can also help with this. And sex therapists can also help with this. So know that they exist. And I will put a resource, how to find a sex therapist in your area, which I really highly recommend. Um, but so in this category, again, there are many different reasons why, but I just want to touch on one. And that could be that your body is having a hard time relaxing. It could be that simple. And when I mean simple, it's really not simple, right? Because in today's day and age, we are just a fast-paced society. Everything is digital. Everything is instantaneous. We have a lot of stress and we're a little more disconnected because of recent events, right? We're working from home maybe, or we're still not comfortable going out in groups or around doing everything the way we used to do them in the before times, right? So um we can have a hard time relaxing just, just because of that, because of how our society is. Now you add on top of that, the taboo and the shame around our pelvic floor. And that, that is another whole layer, right? To, to um, combat really. And so I want you to understand when we're talking about relaxing, there's really kind of two nervous system states. Our body is really um, either in sympathetic mode, which is your fight, flight, freeze of a friend. It's kind of like your survival mode. It's very like amped up and on. You are trying to either get away from something that's going to kill you or befriend your enemy or you're freezing because you know, that is your body's coping mechanism. And yeah, that is not a let's stop and smell the roses. Let's have some sex. You know, no. If you were in this amped up, hyper aroused, vigilant, sympathetic drive state, which a lot of us are, then your body is going to have a hard time getting into pleasure and getting out of that, uh, really just in relaxing. So parasympathetic is where we need to be to rest and digest and have fun. Now, there is um, something important else important to understand. And so this is something that I teach all of my patients. And I just can't say it enough. So I will probably repeat myself on future episodes. I'm sure I've said this on previous episodes of this podcast, but we cannot hear this enough. We need to share this with everyone. We need to have this awareness of our bodies, okay? If you think of all of our muscles in our bodies, you can kind of categorize them as either a stabilizer or a mover. And some muscles obviously do both fine, but if you think of the stabilizers, which our pelvic floor muscles are, they're at the bottom of our body and um, they are stabilizing muscles. And so what we need to know about stabilizing muscles is that they are anticipatory muscles. 
So they've done studies and they've hooked people up to electrodes and they said, okay, Miss X, go ahead and stand up from your chair. And when that person started thinking about the movement, her pelvic floor muscles, really any stabilizing muscles started firing and were engaging in anticipation of that movement from her thoughts. Then as soon as she started actually moving her body in space, then that's when the movers were to engage and fire. Big picture, right? So what this tells us is that our stabilizing muscles are anticipatory muscles. They respond to our thoughts and our body does not know past or future. It is literally always living in the present. So if you are always thinking then, which we are, which is kind of silly, but especially if you're having racing thoughts, especially if you are happily planning for something in the future, it, again, it doesn't know negative and positive either. So you're planning for your wedding, you're planning for a weekend away or dinner out somewhere. Then your body's like, okay, I'm ready to do this thing. And it's like two weeks away. Or same thing, if you're worrying about something in the past, stressing about something negative, your body is is engaging, ready to do whatever it thinks, you know, when I do air quotes here, if you're not watching this, it, whatever it thinks you're, re you're getting ready to do, and you're not ready to do anything. You're literally just worrying about something and, and thinking about something over and over. So what's really important here, and, and this is, you know, what I want to say with, you know, we have a hard time getting into our body. We have a hard time being in touch with our body when it comes to our pelvic floor, how we can start dealing with this, how we can help our body relax is to not let ourselves stay in this fight or flight, this really amped up sympathetic drive state all day. Okay, so I'll kind of say it a different way. To reclaim our body's ability to have pleasure in the bedroom, we need to prioritize calming our nervous system outside the bedroom. How do we do that? Okay, I'm just gonna give you a couple free, a couple really easy things that you can do. First one is connecting to your breath, all right? And so, and this comes from an understanding of how our body works like a box and our diaphragm is the top of the box and our pelvic floor is the bottom of the box. So when we take a deep breath in, it helps our pelvic floor relax. When we have longer exhales, it helps stimulate our vagus nerve. Deep breathing really connects us to our body in a way like nothing else can. Now, when you take a deep breath, you really, one of the most important things is, is that you are stopping your thoughts and you're only focusing on the breathing. You're focusing on the air coming in your lungs, maybe how it feels coming through your nose, or really how that breath in feels in your body. And so what I ask my patients to do, and I would encourage you all to try this as well, is to have like a body check-in every hour, every hour of your day, which again, most people will laugh at me and say, haha, that's like impossible, <laughs> but we can strive for it, right? You can try. So every hour of the day, set an alarm on your watch, put sticky notes wherever you need to, around your workspace or in your house, and just take two seconds, you know, maybe five, whatever, to, to take two deep breaths. You're going to take two deep breaths, but really the important thing about this is that 
you focus on how that breath feels in your body. You stop your thoughts for just those two deep breaths and just think about the breathing, focus on what you're doing, try to feel your body relax and open in 360 degrees, right? So when we take a deep breath, it's not just in our belly. Our ribs should go out to the side, our chest should expand, our belly should expand, our pelvic floor should drop or open, depending on what works better with your brain, imagining it as like an O that's opening or um, like your pelvic floor is just relaxing towards your feet. It's very passive. You should not be pushing anywhere or bearing down at all. So you focus on just taking a nice deep breath in, feeling your pelvic floor relax with the inhalation. Everything just kind of comes back to baseline and um, relaxes even more with exhalation. You do two deep breaths every hour throughout the day. And then if you are fasting on purpose, cool. If there's intention there, awesome. But if you are going your entire day without eating or without drinking or without going to the bathroom because you're again in this amped up state. And so you may not feel the urge. You may not feel like you have to pee because you haven't drank water all day, but it's, it's coming from a place of just being on overdrive, so focused on your work, not getting out of your chair, um, you know, which I hear so often from patients now, especially people who are working from home, because there's not that delineation of, oh, I get up, I have my commute to work to kind of mentally get into work. And then when you're done with work, you close down your computer, you have your commute home to unwind or de-stress or listen to a podcast or music or what have you. It's, you're, you're at your home and you just work longer hours and nonstop. And it's just hard to, to really compartmentalize and kind of put work away. That is where I really encourage you to check in with your body daily and try to stay in your body. Really see, do I need food right now? Do I need water right now? I have not peed in more than four hours. Well, then I am not drinking enough water. So I need to drink more water and really kind of stay connected with your body. So those are the two things I would really ask for you to try to do is deep breathing every hour. You can be in whatever position you want to be in, standing, sitting, lying down, doesn't matter. And then just staying aware of your body during the day and making sure you're taking in water for sure and food if you need it and make sure you're making trips to the bathroom, you're stretching your body, you're moving your body. Um, that is all so important to really put the effort into our body to get out of this sympathetic state. So that way, when you want to engage sexually, then your body is, is not having to unclench and untighten everything that has been, you know, this state that has been sitting in all day, right? So pelvic PTs, I'm biased, I'm a pelvic PT, but they are really great resources to link arms with and to have on your team. There are also people and we are lucky enough to have one on our team at Renew Pelvic Health called um, like a trauma sensitive yoga facilitator, or you can look for someone who has somatic training, a somatic uh, provider and somatic just means being in your body. And so working with someone like that can be also really super beneficial. And so they will help you. It's we call it movement sessions here at Renew. So it could be kind of yoga. It, it can show up different ways, but it's basically spending time with this person who's going to help you learn how to get in touch with your body, how to be present with your body and feel your body, um, you know, throughout your day and, and just 
be able to be in your body and be aware of it and be in tune with it and be in touch with what it's trying to tell you. So I will say it again, just to recap, pain with sex is not normal at any point, at any time, period. So if you have been told otherwise, I disagree. <laughs> so I hope you are empowered to check in with your breath, check in with your body during the day because we really have to combat this go, go, go society. We need to reclaim our body's ability to have pleasure in the bedroom by calming our nervous system outside of the bedroom. Let me know if you have any questions about this. You can email hello at kumbayallpodcast.com. Check this out wherever you get your podcast subscribe, um, give me feedback. I'd love to hear how you guys are doing and keep the questions coming. Thank you so much. Until next time. Do you ever wish that you could learn the essentials of pelvic health from an experienced pelvic floor physical therapist at a fraction of the cost and from the comfort of your own home? This episode is sponsored by Progressive Pelvic Education, your source for online courses to expand your pelvic health knowledge and promote optimal wellness. Pelvic health is wealth, and there is a lot of essential information about our pelvic floor that isn't taught in school. Learn what to do and not to do to avoid the inconvenience and pain of pelvic floor issues in a self-paced course you can take anywhere. Visit courses.progressivepelviceducation.com to get access today. This content is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. Please discuss any questions you may have regarding your health or medical condition with your physician or a qualified healthcare professional. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests.